Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go to the minds of people living in New York City. Since I'm a native who was born and raised in a city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's dive into these confessions of people I know and people I just met. Hi guys, welcome to the next episode of the City Confessions. Today I have Alyssa Gagarin. She's a fitness instructor, personal trainer, and founder of Meal Prep Chef, an in-home healthy personal chef service. So welcome. Thanks. I'm so excited. I know. I haven't seen you in, the, do you think it has two been years. like two years? That sounds about right. It's crazy. Yeah. But I'm, I'm so happy that we are reconnecting. Me too. City life easily sneaks away from you. For so. sure. And it's so interesting. Uh, so we met, yeah, about two years ago. And at the time, I think you were, I knew that you were really into fitness and you were an instructor and you were doing like cooking meals for people, correct? Yeah. But now you have a full-blown business that is thriving. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are, what your relationship is with New York City, and about Meal Prep Chef. Cool. So I'm Alyssa. (laughs) And yeah, as you just mentioned, uh, it wasn't too long ago, just a few years ago, um, I was working in the health and wellness industry, mostly through fitness. I was a trainer at um, City Road, teaching rowing classes, fitness instructor, trainer, but I also was cooking healthy meals as a personal chef for families um, on a weekly basis. Um, I've always had a rooted passion for food and wellness. And that probably stems from my background in performing. So I always kind of had to take care of my body and be mindful of, of what I was feeding myself and just simply to fuel my body through, um, a very physical career. Um, and while I was supporting myself as an auditioning actress, I, uh, wanted to work in health and wellness because it was personally fulfilling. So, uh, I sought out all those jobs. Eventually, the cooking kind of outweighed the food, and I just grew my clientele slowly but very strongly until it was almost like one day I woke up and was like, oh, I'm a full-time chef now. And it wasn't planned. It just kind of organically happened that way. It was not uh, part of my life plan at all, but I realized that, oh, something else that I enjoy just as equally as performing in fitness is actually really successful for me. And I love food and I'm really making a difference in people's lives by creating meals for them out of like real whole unprocessed foods and real whole ingredients, which it sounds so simple just to cook for yourself. But the truth is that most New Yorkers do not take the time to do that. Or it's not even about making the time. It's just the lifestyle Mm -hmm. of the city doesn't really um, (laughs) lend itself to cooking for yourself from like the tiny New York kitchens that we all have to like the such a career oriented hustle kind of mentality that we carry with us. We don't uh, have time in our lives 
for cooking, it seems. So there's a lot of reasons why people don't cook for themselves. And I was offering a solution to, to do that for them. And once my schedule was at capacity, I couldn't take on any more clients. I was declining a lot of business. It didn't feel good for the obvious reasons of all of the financial possibility. All these people wanted to pay me to cook for them, but I couldn't because I was just one person. But also I'm a service oriented person at heart. And I think that's food is my love language. Service is my love language. And I like to take care of people and I want to help them feel better. So when there's people asking for my help and I can't do it, I felt a little defeated and thinking, there's got to be a way I can reach more people. So um, Meal Prep Chef was born. I started my business. I The idea came to me at the end of 2017. I started experimenting, dabbling a little. Uh, our first full year was 2018. And even that, I was still teaching some fitness classes on the side because I wanted to just see if it works. That was like, let's see if this idea for a business works. Um, Well, it worked. (laughs) It worked so well that um, I had to quit everything. I had to go full-time meal prep chef. And in 2019, I hired uh, my first full-time employee. Um, 2019 was the year of, okay, it works. So now let's make this like Let's really work on our procedures and protocols and really get the admin side down. And now we're in 2020 and I have a core team of four people. I have 16. Oh, gosh, I just hired more people. We have that means 19 chefs on my team. Wait, that's crazy. Congrats. I mean, that must be that must feel so good. Yeah. And we're cooking up a storm all over New York City every single day. That's amazing. Okay. So I have that's a nutshell version. It's really hard to tell the whole story. but, But as concisely as I can, that's kind of how my path revealed itself to me. And people always say, like, oh, you know, how'd you get there? What do you think about? And I always explain it as it happened to me like it was so organic. I like I said, this was but not part of the perfect plan. though. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like you obviously found your purpose and people struggle to do that. And the fact that it came so naturally to you is a blessing for sure. That's how I know it's meant to be. Right. Like, this this is my path because mm-hmm. it's the path I'm on. Like, and that's really it. Instead of searching for the path, it's just like, well, the path I'm on and what I'm doing today is clearly what I'm meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. So that feels really good to have confidence in that. Right. So let's rewind and tell me how did you even start cooking for people? Like, did somebody approach you or like and then did the business grow through word of mouth? Because you didn't really do any marketing at the time, correct? To be honest, I've still not spent a single dollar on advertising or marketing, oh which is God. wild. That's amazing. Um, but yes, okay, to rewind to the beginning. So I moved to New York to be an actress. Um, and when you're, when you so want to be... where did you grow up? Where were you born? Tell me all that. Okay, I was born in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland, outside the D.C. area. Um And I've been performing since I was a young kid. I always knew that that's what I was going to do. I'm meant to share stories and I'm meant to be creative. And I, New York was always going to be the end destination. And I think my parents knew that from a very young age. So they would take me on trips to New York City to see Broadway shows because they knew that to me was 
everything. That was everything. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That was the dream. So um, I'd come up to the city, see Broadway shows, even throughout like my senior year of high school. I did part of my senior project in high school in New York in like areas of um, theater, the theater profession. And then I studied musical theater at Penn State University. I got my BFA in musical theater there. So I don't have a business degree <laughs> degree or a culinary degree or any of it, but just goes to show anything's possible. So I have a BFA in musical theater. And when you have a BFA in musical theater, there's sort of an assumption that you go to New York. But like mm-hmm. I said, I always knew if you're going to be a theater professional, you go to New York. And that was all I saw. I didn't really see any other options when the reality is, of course, there are other options, but I, my site was set on New York City. So uh, after doing a few regional productions in theater, uh, right after I graduated, I moved to the city. Um, and it was important to me, like I mentioned, that what I was doing to support myself was something I actually had an interest in. And I am a multi-passionate person. So that wasn't too difficult for me to find other ways to support myself that I enjoyed and found fulfilling. And um, my very, so that takes me to my very, the very first person who paid me to cook for them. I, um, I also did some babysitting, um, which I've done my whole life. I've been working with kids my whole life. And uh, when I was searching for babysitting jobs on Sitter City, which is a babysitting website. My sister um, is a teacher, and that's what she was doing. So I'm familiar with that website. Got it. So yeah. literally on a babysitting website, mm-hmm. this is hilarious. A family had written a job posting about how their kids were too old for a nanny. So they don't have a nanny anymore, but they missed the cooking that the nanny would do for the family. So their girls were in high school. They definitely didn't need someone to look after them, but the family was like, oh, well, we now miss the food. So they had had a chef like me before me who had left and moved on to another job. So they were looking for a replacement. And when I saw this job posting on SitterCity.com, I just had light bulbs going off in my head. I got so excited and I was like, this is the this is me. They're looking for me and I have to convince them that it's me. Um, and up until that point, I had been the person in college who would always bake for my friend's birthdays. I would always be the one cooking for the football tailgates. I would want to host <laughs> dinner parties. Yeah. I would cook for my friends and significant other. Like I was just always the person, again, my love language is food. Like that's how I show, show my love is cooking for people. And I would check cookbooks out of the Penn State Library and read them cover to cover like a novel and just learn. And I just, I taught myself a lot in college, but I certainly had a lot to learn. So I wrote a cover letter to this family to apply for the job. It was, it was the longest cover letter I've probably ever (laughs) written just to be like, this is, I'm your person. They interviewed me, they hired me and they were my client for probably a, a full year, maybe more. I can't remember the exact dates before I even had any other clients. And I started out cooking for them uh, like three times a week. I would go over and make their dinners. They would request things I'd have to cook for them that I'd never made before. And I oh, would wow. I would test it at home or I would look it up and I would teach myself. And um, while I didn't go to culinary school, that that was my culinary school. Like I learned they took me and they took a chance on me for sure. Um, and I, from there, the word of mouth just spread. People heard that I was doing this. I was very well connected and well networked in the wellness field. So I had health coaches, nutritionists, dietitians, 
asking if I could cook for their clients. I had trainers who were referring their clients, doctors who were referring their clients because they knew I had a background in nutrition as well, which I also have my nutrition certification from Carrie Glassman's Nutritious Life Studio. So like I've studied all the nutrition. I understand it always. All my cooking has always come from a health focused perspective. Um, from there, that's it was totally word of mouth that built up my schedule. And then fast forward a few years, that's when I woke up one day and was like, oh, wow, I'm a chef now because <laughs> what do I do every what do I wake up and go do every day? I right. cook. I cook nonstop every day and my schedule is full of cooking. So mm-hmm. that's that's where life led me. So you do this full time. Um, I want to know what your diet is like and what your cooking's like. I feel like when people do something they love for other people, is it hard to also do it for yourself? Because then isn't literally 24 hours aside from sleep is food, food, food. Yes. You hit the nose on the head. It's probably my biggest challenge. If I'm very honest, I, I believe in the power of meal prep. That's why I meal prep for people. That's why my company is called meal prep chef. Meal prep is a way of cooking for yourself, or in our case, we'll do it for you in advance with all real whole foods so that when it comes the time to eat your meal, there's no thinking about what do I eat? Where do I get it from? How am I going to make it? Where do I order from? Oh, wait for it to be delivered. All the things, or just like, what am I in the mood for? What does this recipe call for? We have a million thoughts that go through our brain every single day, just based around what are you going to eat? So I think what meal prep does is it saves the space in your brain that you would have spent on that for more important things because you only make the decision one time. You decide once a week, maybe when you meal prep, here's what I'm going to eat for the week. And you make it once and it's done. And then you stop having to waste your precious, valuable time on how you're going to get that food. Because guess what? You don't have to think about it. It's sitting in your refrigerator. You open the door, you get your container and you heat it up. So I think that's extremely valuable in ways even other than nutrition and just fueling your body. So that's, but then obviously it's also a healthy lifestyle and is good for you. Um, So when I start doing that for so many other people, I definitely lost doing it for myself because I was doing it for myself pretty consistently early on. And When I get home from a long day of cooking, the last thing I want to do is then cook for Mm -hmm. myself. So that's the toughest part for sure. And I've lost sight of that for sure. As once my business really took a spike of growth, I just had to do whatever it takes to, I I just have to do whatever it takes to keep the business running, which um, meant ignoring probably a lot of my own personal needs. Um, And I, definitely fell back into the habit of ordering food, which is so unlike me and taking a lot of shortcuts or whatever, which I think is fine, you know, on occasion and everything in moderation. But what I'm doing this year is I'm actually hiring meal prep chef, my own company, because I realize I am now one of those people who benefits from my own Wait, service. That's so this funny. is why I made, I made this company for people just like me. 
where my brain is so focused and busy with other things that I don't need to think about my food anymore. And I can hire somebody else to take care of that for me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's beautiful in so many ways. I also just want to have more insight to how my service is working and experience it from the customer's point of view, I think is really exciting. Um, but I'm really excited to start using the service myself. Wait, that's really interesting because I don't think people do that. Like I think <laughs> people um, are so focused with maybe like being the founder or whatever. Like they almost forget to also take in the role of let me experience the service. It's not like undercover boss, but it kind of right. like it yeah. is like the concept of it. Yes. So I love that you're still like grounding yourself. And yes, the business is new, but you're still taking um, just these steps that are going to eventually improve your business. Yes. And and it's twofold. One side of that is I, I want to experience my business as the consumer. And the other side is I need help taking care mm-hmm. of myself because I'm not doing it myself anymore the way I once was. And that's what we're here to do. We're here mm-hmm. to serve people. We want people to feel good and fueled with what they're eating and not waste their precious time thinking about it. Yeah. So that's, I'm like, oh, I created this business for people just like me. And that's how you know it works because I think a lot of businesses develop because they people see there's, an, there's a problem and they're like, I can benefit from this. So obviously other people will benefit from it as well. Absolutely. But you were talking about meal prep and like the, I guess, the benefits of it. And I, when you were talking about it, I'm like, oh, I should... Like it resonated with me because I'm doing the whole 30, as I mentioned previously. <laughs> and in my head, I was like this morning, I don't know what to like eat because I kind of finished the meal prep session. I, um, when I meal prep, it doesn't last the whole week. I have to do at least twice a week for yeah, it to last. normal. Um, but yeah, so I guess what is your best advice for people, whether they're doing the whole 30, whether they just want to live a healthier lifestyle, um, what is like the tips to start meal prepping for somebody who hasn't even, who doesn't cook themselves besides using your service. Like what are your, what are the tips to get somebody who to start meal? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm loaded with so many meal prep tips that I want to be selective about the ones I choose because it can be a very overwhelming thing. And it meal prep definitely has the reputation of, oh, this is going to take me 10 hours on a Sunday. Like, I'm not going to do that. Sometimes it does take a long time, at least for me too. But like anything else, it takes practice. And the more you do it, the more efficient you're going to be. So have some faith there. But also it's totally unnecessary for it to take that long. Meal prep might just be mixing and matching a bunch of very simple things that you've batch cooked. So if you if you looked at meal prep chef's Instagram, for example, <laughs> you're going to see like gorgeous spread of like chef made food. And maybe that's honestly probably a little intimidating for someone trying to like take on meal prep for themselves the first time. It doesn't have to be that. It might just be, and this is one of my tips, is thinking in terms of like a flavor profile so that everything can mix and match together. So if I'm going to do like, okay, I'm going to do like a Mexican or Southwest theme this week, then I'm going to make things of that flavor profile that I can recreate into different dishes so that I'm not, here's the other complaint people have about meal prep is that I don't want to eat the same thing over and over. That's how I feel on the Whole30. Yes. I feel like I'm eating... Because obviously there's a certain 
food that are allowed and aren't allowed. And I feel like I am mixing and matching, but they end up being this. I'm eating the same thing, just different styles of. Do you know what I'm? Like? Yes, but I think there's room to get more creative with that style. So, for example, if I were to do this Mexican Southwest theme, I might make like a Mexican diced chicken thigh. I'll start with like two proteins, like a Mexican diced chicken thigh, like a la Chipotle style. And then either maybe some like ground turkey taco meat or just some like simple like chili uh, powder spice lime shrimp or something. Those two, two things are like super easy to make. So pick two proteins, have some like lettuce wraps in your fridge, just some big lettuce leaves. Do a batch of rice and add some like cilantro and lime to that. Do a bunch of different roasted veggies that you can mix and match. And maybe that's like some like cumin spiced sweet potatoes. Um, and maybe you have so, uh, cauliflower rice that you want to do. And then maybe you have some like stir fried peppers and onions. And then maybe like a can of black beans. So let's say that's your meal prep. You probably want to get a green veg in there too. So maybe there's some like <laughs> broccoli or Brussels sprouts or something too. But just for example, you can recreate that into one day. It's a burrito bowl. Maybe one day it's a lettuce cup taco. One day put it in a tortilla and make a burrito. One day it's a, a Southwest salad. Chop up that lettuce and chop up everything nice and uh, small. And then you have like a chopped Southwest taco salad. There's like endless possibilities of what you could turn those basic ingredients into. I would take the sweet potato and stuff it with the turkey taco meat and black beans. And then I have like a Southwest stuffed sweet potato. So with the same ingredients and very minimal preparation, you can actually really get creative with what it results in and what your meal actually ends up looking like. So I think just thinking outside mm -hmm. the box and thinking in terms of a flavor profile is really one of my biggest tips. The other tip I have, which is just logistically when you're meal prepping, is to plan to make things with multiple cooking methods so that you can cook things simultaneously because multitasking is what's going to save you time. So multitasking is key, which means you should always have multiple items in the oven, multiple items on the stove, and something you could be doing with your hands while your hands are free because those are hopefully pretty hands-off so that you can also be doing something else at the same time. So if you're, if you don't have three, at least three things going at once, then it is going to take you 10 hours right. on a Sunday or yeah. whatever, but that's how you help the time. Um, it, you should never be like, if you pick everything for your oven, for example, then you're just like waiting to fill your mm -hmm. oven when you have burners available on your stove. Why don't you use that? So thinking of various cooking methods, um, is also going to speed up the process. Um, I mean, we could have a whole nother right. hour podcast <laughs> you know? just on meal prep tips, but like maybe I'll keep it to those. Yeah, those for now. no, I love that. I think um, my biggest takeaway was cooking these like batches of items or whatever ingredients and then just combining them later. Whereas my mind used to be like, let me create the meals while I'm meal prepping. So, you know, like, so I think it's easier for you to say like cook all sweet potatoes here, cauliflower here, and then you can just mix and match kind of like when, you, when you're when you about to like eat. Absolutely. I think that's what's going to create more variety. I For also sure. like making the individual meals, mm -hmm. um, and we do that a lot at Meal Prep Chef, but um, 
it's I all preference. Your, yeah, it's your per, it's yeah. a personal preference, and same with our clients. Some people we do big batches, some people we do individual meals. But I think for starting out, I think it, mix and match is a good place to start for most people. Well, thanks for the healthy tip. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so now I kind of want to shift gears a little, and I always ask my guests what's currently going on, um, and like what keeps you up at night. So I don't know if everything is just like smooth sailing right now. And if that's the case, so be it. I think we need to celebrate wins as well. (laughs) But are you currently stressed out about a situation? Whether it could relate, obviously, to your personal life, it can be business, just what's happening. Because I think as New Yorkers, um, we're always on the go. Sometimes we all look like we have, you know, our lives together, our lives together. And that's usually not the case. So if you want to share just like, Maybe what's stressing you? What's stressing you out? Or yeah, yeah. Um, I'm usually very transparent that my life is not always polished and put together. Um, I think because I'm in this current state of building a startup that I do eat, sleep, and breathe my business. So most of what is consuming my brain or that I'm worried about is my business. And sometimes it's silly things like insurance. Like I'll think about what if something happens, even if it has never happened before. It's just like, what if this happens? And then I have to call the insurance and I can't cut co- my policy doesn't cover it. And what like a silly stuff like that definitely comes up. Um, more recently is um, at the end of 2019, we set our budget for 2020. And this is the first time I've really worked closely with an accountant to literally every category of every part of my business, exactly what we're going to spend, how much business I'm going to be required to bring in in order to support the business, because it's just baffling to me that I'm now paying people full-time salaries, but like, it's hard for me to separate the fact that meal prep chef's money is my money. So I, that's just coming out of my pocket. So if, if this business is not as successful as we predict it to be, that's a really scary thing that I'm, I will be the one at the end of the day that takes the hit if there is one. Um, so it did actually, my accountant, bless her heart. I adore working with her. I have sent her a frantic late night email that kept me up at night being like, I think this budget is really ambitious. Like, because it's all unknown. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well we anticipate this growth. Yeah. I I'm optimistic that this growth will happen. Nothing is guaranteed. Right. The trajectory is there. It probably will hopefully happen. But when I, I can't fall asleep at night when I'm thinking, what if it doesn't? And is there enough cushion in there to support my very basic life. Um, so she was a sweetheart and, um, we readjusted our budget to be just more conservative so that it's hopefully now, instead of being kind of an optimistic, like goal, it's a more attainable, okay. At a minimum, like worst case scenario budget. So I personally have the outlook like of, I'd rather have the outlook of this is what I know I can expect and is solid and real Then, out on a whim. Mm-hmm. I think I can double or triple my business right. in a year. Like that sounds crazy. It might happen, but I'd rather be pleasantly surprised and have some extra income than have planned for it and be screwed in the mm-hmm. end. So I do think uh, money, yeah, money keeps me up. Yeah. I mean, that's also 
part of the New York, I guess, lifestyle. It's the first time I've ever, and it's new. Yeah, I'm supporting. I'm job opportunities for a lot of people, and they're counting on my business to bring them income, and that's something I've never, um, I've never felt. That, yes, yeah. it's a huge responsibility, and I think I carry that weight on my shoulders probably more than I wish I did, and more than I need to. But I, I feel the pressure sometimes. And now that I have more full time people on my team, I, I'm a lot better with that than I was before. But I think I had sort of an unhealthy approach of like, this is all on me, and I, I just felt I would feel a lot of intense pressure of like. Right. It, everybody's counting on me. And if I don't do the work, then yeah. it's not going to happen. I mean, I would too. And I think a lot of people starting out are in the same boat, feel the same way because it's, it's, it's hard to um, dissociate, right? Like yourself with the business. And of course you supplying these incomes, like you said. So it's a, it's a lot, but it's admirable also. And I think like your personality you'll be fine. <laughs> and what you said too, is like, if everything's great, we should celebrate it is something I have been trying to put to practice more often and to be more vocal about it, not just with myself, but with my team. And I'm also someone who's, I'm just a very, I'm optimistic and I'm positive and I'm outgoing and I want to vocalize to my team as much as possible when they, when they're doing something great, even if it's little, because I think celebrating those wins is what just like keeps everybody motivated and happy. And I sometimes have to just remind myself, I have to do that for me too. Yes. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. So this is a good reminder to do that. I know, it is. It is. <laughs> so you seem to live a very busy lifestyle. I want you to walk me through your morning routine. And maybe each day is different, but a typical day. What does it look like? Yes, every day is different. And it's changed so much in kind of how I explained like my three years of business mm -hmm. and how we've changed our mindset my life has been dramatically different. So in like year one of business, I was cooking all over Manhattan, Brooklyn, everywhere, just like commuting between cooking clients. It was wild. Um, it was a lot. I definitely burnt out. Um, 2019, I started delegating more, which was amazing. Um, and now in 2020, I've delegated so much, which is such a good feeling. <laughs> um, but it leaves me with a lifestyle that's very new to me because I'm home most of the time. I'm alone most of the time. And if you can't tell from listening to me, I'm a people person. <laughs> I like to be around people. Um, so it has changed my routine and my day completely. Um, I am not a good person to ask the morning routine question to just because I'm that person that's like, yeah, I know everyone gives their perfect morning routine and they're so successful and that's great. But if I'm brutally honest, like I'm not that person. My fiance, Greg, wakes up at 6 a.m. every day. He takes care of the dog in the morning because I sleep till like 7.30, at the latest. I'll get up between 7.30 and 8 and I don't set an alarm. And this is because I come from a fitness background where I used to teach 6 a.m. classes. I remember you invited me one time and I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm a morning person too, but I'm like, no girl, not 6. <laughs> yes, I used to teach at 6 a.m. I used to, I had a client once that I would train at 4.45 in the morning. Like, no joke. I And the thing is that I... I don't drink coffee at all. So when I wake up, if I, if it's for work, like I just snap out yeah. of it. Like I would 
I'd wake up, I'd go teach my class and like, do not, do not pass go, do not collect $200. I just like get out of bed and like go do it. But now that I don't have to do that anymore, um, I'm really happy because it does not come naturally to me whatsoever. And I, it's amazing. I don't set alarms anymore. It's just like, I love sleep probably more than most things <laughs> in life. So I give myself that gift. I, I give myself that gift every day. I'm like, I'm not going to wake up and hustle. I'm going to sleep until my body says I'm, I've fueled up my energy and I'm ready to go. So then once I'm up, um, I greet my dog. It's maybe like the best part of the, my two favorite parts of the day is when she greets me in the morning, which sometimes he'll bring her into bed and she'll just like, we just have our cuddle moments or I'll greet her in the living room. We just have like five minutes of snuggles. My second favorite part of the day is when my fiance gets home at the end of the day and she snuggles him. It's just like having this dog is the most beautiful, fulfilling thing in the world. And I, um, that will proceed me to say, I spend it almost every day, all day with my, with my dog. So She's my best friend. She's the, <laughs> she's the person, so to speak, I that I see that, the though. most. Um, so once I've greeted my dog, um, I'm not in a very good, um, consistent habit with my eating. I'll just like eat when I get hungry, which is usually not first thing in the morning. So I'll usually just hop straight to my computer, answer emails that are left over from the night before that have come in that morning. And so I'll, usually the first hour of my day is email, 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 get that. Anything that's like sitting in my inbox, try to clear it up. I started practicing inbox zero um, last year after taking a time management course. I've taken a few business courses to help me along the way. So one of the things they practice is inbox zero. So, and it's also about checking your email, which I'm also not great at, but I try to check my email at specific mm -hmm. periodic times throughout the day, not constantly. So my email rules me. So once I spend like an hour or so doing that, then I usually move on to like my top three important to do tasks. And I used to be in the habit of having an endless to do list that was so overwhelming. Um, and that's something else I learned in my time management course, which by the way, I took with business for unicorns and you should look them up because it was life changing experience for um, my personal life and for my business life, business for unicorns rock rocks. Um, they also taught me that when you're setting yourself up for failure, when you just have an endless to do yeah, list that I you know. never finish and it always feels shitty mm -hmm. that you don't finish it. And then constantly I'm working late into the night and I'm like, because I didn't finish. And then I'm going to bed feeling guilty that I didn't finish. And then I'm waking up and then I'm like it's still finishing. Yes. Yeah. It just happens, happened every, every, every day. Mm -hmm. So what I learned from them and I carry with me pretty well is instead of an endless to-do list, I just put three, four, four maximum items on my things to do that day instead of 10. And there's, cause Trust me, there's 50 things on the overall list, but I just picked three to four that I know I can that's accomplish that day because then I can end the day with a win, mm -hmm. which is like, yes, yeah. I can celebrate. I completed this small list instead of feeling completely defeated that I didn't finish my big list. So I'll just go, I'll go straight into those and try to check them off the list. But every day is different. Some days I'm having meetings. I'm interviewing new hires. I have consultation calls with new clients. I'm subbing for my chefs in the kitchen. So I'm sometimes in the city, I'm cooking, I'm um, sending invoices and running payroll and managing any problems that might arise. So all of those things do pop up and mm -hmm. throw me off 
off that track, but that's sort of how I go about planning my day. No, it sounds, it sounds busy, but also I'm sure it keeps you on your feet. And I also like being busy and I feel like you do as yes. well. It keeps me on my feet figuratively, but unfortunately not physically. <laughs> I'm just on my butt right. all day. And that's why I mentioned that like the lifestyle shift for me is dramatically different from being so active to now being so still and I'm feeling the effects on my body and it's time to go back to taking care of myself yeah, now because I've been sure. taking care of so many other people and that's only going to work for so long if I have not done mm-hmm. that for myself so time I agree to, time to get up and get moving again <laughs> I always say that too like you have to be and feel your best before like showing up in the world so you can like do your best and be your best for like others as well yes. So take care of yourself first right. that's your 2020 and, and that's why I'm not going to sit here and be like oh I have the perfect <clears throat> right. routine and I have the perfect day plans like no not at all I sit all day and it's not good and I know mm-hmm. it's not good and I feel the effects on my body and Um, I need to make changes, but I think probably most people struggle with that. That's a very human, normal thing. I think most people are probably experiencing. So Mm -hmm. if you're listening and you feel the same, you're not alone. (laughs) I'm right there with you. I love hearing that. So we're about to wrap this up, but, um, it's called the city confessions. And the reason why is because I always, Try to see if people can reveal a confession at the end. Okay. Um, and this can be anything. It can be something very surface level. It can be something deeper. Whatever you're comfortable with sharing. Um, I look at New York as this from like a bird's eye view. And there's a million people. And I feel like every single one of us is obviously special. And we all have a story. And also like a confession that we hold on to. And I think sometimes by speaking it and sharing it, we're allowed to free ourselves from maybe some pain or burden or stress. So if you were to complete the sentence of my confession is, what would that be? Um, That's so, I relate to so much of what you just said and agree completely. And it's something new that I experienced in a somewhat recent situation of speaking something that I really didn't want to, that I was shocked at how positively it affected my life. And afterwards I felt completely invincible. Um, So um, I don't think I can do it in one sentence, but my confession is that I can be very stubborn and insistent on a persona I I want to be perceived as strong and put together and unaffected by challenges and roadblocks and someone that's always going to take the high road and that the little things don't get to me. And I, um, at one point, let something build up in me that I did not want others to see in me to the extent where just by keeping this feeling of, it was such a negative feeling. I was, I I'd felt betrayed by somebody that I trusted and I didn't want them to know because I had a lot of pride associated with how I was dealing with it. I was like, I'm going to rise above it. And I, I don't need to, no one needs to know that I'm affected by this because I'm strong and everyone knows I'm strong and eventually I'll get over it. 
And I think I was really tough on myself. And when months and months and months went by and I still had this feeling in my stomach, of why am I still feeling like this? Clearly I'm not over it. And I expected myself to be over it. Um, it was very hard for me. I felt very not prepared or ready to address it, but with some encouragement from people who love me and who could help me see the bigger picture, I approached this person in person. We had a conversation about it and I just approached the conversation by verbally expressing my intention for showing up that day. And I, I said, I am here with an open heart. I'm here because I, I want to return to the loving relationship that we had. I am not proud of how I feel. I'm not, and, and just being able to admit that I wish I wasn't reacting the way that I was, but then expressing how I really felt um, was one of the most difficult things I think I've ever done because I really didn't want to do it. Like I really did not want to have this conversation, but I eventually realized it was the only way to lift myself from it um, and that ignoring it was not going to be the solution. Afterwards, I literally felt like human beings are the most magical things on the planet because I... It was in a not phony way at all. I instantly felt the love for this person. They heard me. They understood me. And that's like all I was seeking, I think, the whole time. And had I had this insight to address this as soon as it had happened, it never would have turned into this like negative thing that I was carrying with me and hiding from the world. Um, and now I think the power of humans I through communication and an open heart I now just having experienced it myself know I can now approach anything with an open heart if that person is willing to meet me with the same open heart with a positive intention even the most difficult personal things to talk about like can be achieved and can it can be successful and like we can all rise above it I think humans are like Humans are amazing that we have the power. We have every one of us has the power to do that. We just have to like bring it out and like suck it up and kind of like get over the hurdle of the hard part. But um, I think next time I'm not going to let that hurdle exist. I'm just going to be more open and not mask my feelings. So it was a major lesson. I love that. I feel like that was such a great um, way to kind of end the podcast but yeah. also I think everybody can take away from that I'm personally I'm not a confrontational person I actually hate like most people do I no one wants to be yeah. told something you did upset yeah. me or um uh, anything no one wants to hear how you've negatively affected somebody and you don't and you're we're all so like pc and we don't want to like step on anyone's toes and and we all just are going to like assume that everyone's going to do the right thing or we just assume someone else is going to do things the way that we would want them done and it's just not the case because we're all just trying to do our best and we're not necessarily seeing inside someone else's head. So if we don't take those opportunities to communicate that to each other and we just think we're all going to read each other's minds then like very little progress will get made. It's so funny that you even mentioned that because at the start of 2020, like January 1st came, I took like a moment to 
meditate and journal and kind of write my intentions for the year, the month, the week. And one of my goals or intention was to become more vocal Mm. and literally hitting on everything that you said. I do think I'm a communicative person. I studied like communication in Mm. school, but even, even I can work on that. And I think it relates to what you were saying because sometimes I hold back in fear of hurting other people. And this year I'm vowing to myself to become more vocal, but obviously still being very cognizant of like the delivery and the tone and having the best intention. Right. And sometimes that conversation with the the person on the other end of the conversation, sometimes they're going to receive it. Yes. And some, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're not. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's not necessarily, I don't think telling of like who they are as a person overall, they just might not be at the same Mm -hmm. stage of realizing uh, what your intentions are. They're not, they're just not ready and they're just not there. And I think that's okay too. But I think everyone has room for growth in this area. And I don't think anyone has it entirely figured out, but it's something I think everyone could be more mindful of being, let's live a little more honest and truthful life with each other because it really strengthens relationships. And since I've been practicing this, my relationships have gotten immensely stronger, especially that one that I thought I couldn't salvage. I thought that was over. And now it's probably stronger than it ever was because we have, we trust each other now because we know we're going to be real and upfront. Yeah. No, that's amazing. amazing. It's it amazing. Is. It really is. I feel awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to take a moment now to express how amazing I think you are Aww. and for taking time out of your crazy busy day to come here to my home to record this. Um, ever since I started doing this, I know that time is something that I value it so much more. And I think somebody for somebody to take time out of their schedule and to say yes and to you know schedule me in, that's so like I'm so appreciative of it. So Aww. thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, I'm all about supporting each other yeah. and we have to make time time for people and time for for trying to make a little difference and yeah um, I'm really excited about the work you're doing thank you but honestly you have such like a beautiful energy about you that I feel like it's it's been consistent throughout the time that I've met you and even though we haven't you know always checked in I always think very highly of you and I love what you're doing that's very kind I feel very similarly (laughs) so I have two more questions before we wrap it up so the second to last is what is the one thing you love most about yourself because I think we all need to you know have a self-reflection but talk to ourselves in the way you would talk to your loved one that's really sweet and amazing (laughs) that you do that um I'm all about it. Yeah. You know what I think I love most about myself is like my joy. I think I carry joy into every situation to the best of my ability. Listen, we're not all perfect, <laughs> but I think I I can approach just about any situation from a positive perspective and bring a light and energy to other people. And I think that's something that I've always done through performing. I try to do it through food. I try to do it through my business meal prep chef. Even the people I hire, I'm very mindful of their energy because they're going into my clients' homes and their space. And part of why I think I was successful as a chef was my 
presence in their home was something my clients loved. I think there's part of it that's food, but food is not the business I'm in. Yes, we cook. We cook food, of course. But the business we're in is like enhancing people's lives by being a part of their routine and taking care of them. And I think bringing just that energy of joy is something that I I do really well and I'm really proud of and hope to you know, keep with me forever. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. So it's 2020. It's a new year. Yeah. Um, what can people be on the lookout for you personally or meal prep chef? Okay. So the most exciting thing for me this year is that I'm now working with Food Network on mm. their app. Amazing. So you can catch me on their live video on the Food Network Kitchen app. As a performer, um, working in food media and on camera has always been a very big dream of mine. And it's been several years in the making of, of working on getting towards an opportunity like this. So I'm really excited about it. Um, I've done three live videos and two like pre-recorded videos for their app. So you can watch those are on demand. And um, I have a few more lives coming up and hopefully throughout the rest of 2020, I'll continue to do them. Uh, so look out for that on the Food Network Kitchen app. Um and I really hope to have some more like video content coming out as well, because I think that's really where my skill set is the ultimate accumulation of everything I do best. Um, I get to cook with people. I get to share joy. I'm a performer and a storyteller. I um, And I get to do that through on-camera cooking videos. So I love it. I think that's what that's what's on the horizon for me this year. Amazing. So thank you so much for taking time again out of your day to talk with me and us. I will leave all of Alyssa's information in the description and you guys can follow Meal Prep Chef on Instagram yeah. and also check out the website for if you're interested in their delivery services or just to get to know Alyssa on a personal level. Yeah, perfect. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for the next one. Bye. Bye.